0: We always wanted to pay homage to the original show in terms of its spirit. Um, And that's why I think what will be surprising is that it's all the same characters, but we've made them deeper and more complex and more nuanced, and we've pushed the emotion of it, so it's funny. Uh, But it's also really heart-rendering, I think. And I then wanted to make sure that we created a world that was unique unto itself, that wasn't borrowing from the other superhero movies that, uh, you know, in the last 10, 15 years have been dominating. I thought that this had its own legacy and sort of deserved its own unique take and world. So we tried very hard to make sure that our design feels um, kind of uh, coherent within its own framework.
1: Welcome to a brand new episode of Not Up On Podcast. We're on episode one hundred and one. Brad, that's that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, it's morphin' time. It's morph. Yes, there you go. What are we talking about tonight?
2: We are talking about uh, Saban's Power Rangers or Power Rangers twenty seventeen, but apparently it was marketed as Saban's Power Rangers. So we're doing that movie from twenty seventeen.
1: Uh, we also have a guest who hasn't been on the show for a long time. They've had some life events happen. They were finally able to squeeze us in for just a few hours. But <laughs> I'm really excited to welcome Brett back to the show. Brett, it's been way too long, man.
3: Yeah, we went and had a kid. That, uh, <laughs> that'll do it to you. But no, thanks for having me back. I was feeling kind of kind of left out listening. And again, like I said before the show, I was, I think the listeners missed my voice a little bit. So now I've got a new mic. A new son, new things happening. I'm pumped.
1: <laughs> I, I'm excited, man. I, I got to ask you. So, uh, how have the last ten months been? Is it has it been the traditional like uh, no sleep? Um, any interest? Any interesting fun stories? I mean, you're you're, you're a new dad. I mean, that that's exciting. Yeah, no,
3: it's 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 exciting. It's it's certainly um, as you guys know, every every phase comes with a different challenges, different different fun sort of um realizations for instance the realization that you probably shouldn't set a three or four month old I forget how old he was at the time in like a bumbo chair on a kitchen island that's elevated more than three or four feet because he can jump out land on the (laughs) kitchen tile but he was he landed on all fours believe it or not so in my mind that just builds character I that feel was, like you're
1: training the new Jackie Chan with uh, stunts like that.
3: <laughs> I'm not surprised you would go there, but, but that—that's—that's—that a, a, was fun. Um, that's a, a memo to all new parents: make sure that if they're in elevated surfaces, make sure that those straps that I guess you're supposed to put them in, make sure you do it, even if you're right there, because you guys know, isn't it amazing that there could be four adults surrounding? This little human being that you don't think is capable of anything, and they just slip right through, and that's yeah. what happened. But I guess if you want to call that a fun story, well, but no, he, that's it's our great.
1: public service announcement for tonight. Or put some <laughs> exactly. bo- put some
2: boxes down so when he does the stunt fall, he lands on the boxes. Yeah, and, you just know, like in Hong Kong.
3: That's that's true. That's mm-hmm. true. But no, he's he sleeps great at night. He, I don't. think Oh, he's ever shut did. up! I don't want to hear that. Listen, all these
1: parents are like, "Oh, yeah." In the first year, they sleep great. My kids, days and nights are mixed up. So, any of the, you know, Brett, suck it. Okay, so I don't. <laughs> want, I want to hear this. They sleep through the night. Crap. Hey,
3: if you don't be finished, he he sucks at napping. Now, which I will, if I had to sacrifice one for the other, give me a kid. He, you know, he's pretty consistent. Six thirty to seven. Six thirty to six thirty, which I'll take, but his naps are. They might as well not even not even happen. But like I said, give me the, I'll take the alternative to that. All right. Well,
1: before (laughs) this turns into baby cast and we start talking about all of our kids nuances growing up, Brad, you, you picked an interesting, uh, film for this evening. Honestly, it kind of came out of left field for me. What, what did you pick? Um, the power Rangers film, the, the reboot, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I, so power Rangers, I believe, the the, I want to say Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. The movie came out in like ninety five, and I was a big fan of that movie. I was about twelve years old, so twelve year old boy, you have these guys that are have big robots and they fight, and that was kind of one of those. Hey, I, I like action movies, and this is like a kid action movie. So, and I enjoyed the show quite a bit. Um, I had only seen the first hour of Power Rangers on Amazon Prime about two or three years ago um, and never saw the second half. Uh, we'll get into why I, I didn't finish it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, I wanted to, I wanted to revisit this uh, because it was a bomb and uh, I don't think we're gonna get that planned sequel that they wanted uh, that they leave us with at the very end of this movie. So yeah, Power Rangers. I'm sure Troy, you were probably too old for Power Rangers. You would have been, God, like in col- out of college by the time Power Rangers was big.
1: Uh, yeah. So I, I want to say the the American version came on the scene about 93, 94 around there. So junior, senior of college. <laughs> now, did did we watch Power Rangers? Uh, yes. Um, only because if it showed up early in the morning and you were with your your friends, there was in a fraternity, and uh, you're you're I don't know waking up from a hangover, and you just watch whatever's on TV because you just cannot make it to the you know dial to to turn. Did they
2: it. Did they had the the remotes with the cord that was into the no, TV for no, no, that, that you. The 80s. I you mean we ju- we had
1: oh. <laughs> you just nobody was you know in a state to ever change it. But did you make the pledges like get up and turn the channels? we we made them go get more beer yeah. so that we could drink our way through the hangover. But I, I can honestly say for whatever reason, I, I think I saw the 95 film in theaters because uh, there, there was some face kicking in it. And for whatever reason, this was one of those shows that even in college, it, it had a little bit of a charm to it to where it was kind of fun to sit and and just laugh at it.
2: And there was Amy Jo Johnson too. Don't lie.
3: Yeah, there is that too. She's <laughs> okay. that she was the pink Ranger, right? Of course. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. Every kid, my age first crush for sure. The pink Ranger.
1: Yeah. And Brett, I, I have a question for you. So you're, you're in Brad's wheelhouse of age. Was this something that you grew up with too? Cause you had been about the time.
3: Oh my God. Yeah. I was, I think the show came on in 95. I would have been nine, 10. Oh my God. I loved it. I was the red Ranger for oh. Halloween growing up. Wow. Um, oh every afternoon and you know i as i was thinking about that it's amazing just you know what you can remember and i had a do you all, to, my question to you all your favorite snack as a kid so brad you'd be in that power rangers my age so if if you're in your mid 30s there is a correct answer here and it's I'm gonna, dunk, dunkaroos dunkaroos yes. and if you didn't save the icing for your last dunkaroos stick mm-hmm. you weren't eating it right And so I can vividly remember Dunkaroos and Power Rangers. And so this was an easy sell for me, despite um, what we'll get into.
2: (laughs) Well, well, pause too. So we sent you a list and said, Brett, we need to have you back on. If you can make it, we love you to come on. And you openly picked this movie. Yeah. You you had your, you You had your choice of like 50.
3: I did. I loved it. I, and I, I will agree with what you guys said about the original film for me. Obviously, I was in a different frame of mind, but I loved it. I mean, the whole Ivan Ooze thing was awesome. And so, for no, if nothing else, I remember the first time I watched a, a teaser for this new one. You know, I I had tepid interest. I I wasn't as excited as I was as a kid, but I still thought remake, Power Rangers, uh it looked kind of gritty, but now obviously, I'll, I'll get into that later when we talk about the movie. But um, yeah, no, I, 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 I was excited.
1: There's, a, I don't, I don't know if you guys took some time, so I, I did go back and watch the very first episode from the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers just to like, what, what was guys, it like to revisit? You can it? S- I literally have it pulled up right now. I'm oh. watching it as we're talking. <laughs> yeah, it's, and uh, I, I mean there was a, there was a movie that I remember seeing as a kid. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen this. Um, and, uh, I, I made my dad take me to the movie theater cause it only played like, uh, for maybe a week. And it was a Shaw brothers film of, of all things. It was called super inframan starring Danny Lee. So it, uh, I, I have no idea about this subgenre I, I would say of Japanese entertainment. And in Chinese cinema at that time was trying to copy. It with super, super inframan, which was kind of like an Ultraman ripoff. Uh, but I've always been a big Godzilla fan. So <laughs> to see a kid's show kind of tackle that, not knowing, I mean, the first time I saw it, I'm like, wow, they did a really good job of ripping off what was going on in Japan, even by doing some bad dubbing. Uh, it, it, it was fantastic. But in my head, I'm like, I, I assume they filmed all of that here. Uh, not knowing the history of how the show was created, and uh, that that movie they did in '95, I I can't I can't remember the last time I saw it. I do remember a couple of sequences in there I thought was kind of impressive in terms of just you know fight choreography. There, there's a lot of acrobatics that happen, but um, this this has been a learning experience for me this week <laughs> because I, I did a few things. I I actually uh, watched that documentary on not on Netflix or it's not really a documentary, but it's a TV show, the toys that made us mm-hmm. and they have a whole episode on power Rangers. And I, and I went back and started kind of reading things specifically about, uh, and I, I hope I say this right, Brad, you'll tell me, uh, Tokusatsu. Is that right? Yes. Yep. Okay. So, uh, just jump in any, any Brad, cause I know you're, so Tokusatsu means special effects. And it's a Japanese term for live action, film, or television drama that makes heavy use of special effects. And it often deals with science fiction, fantasy, horror. Mm-hmm. So there are subgenres of Tokusatsu. The first, which is what I've always known as kaiju, which are your Godzilla films, gamera, etc. You have the superhero films like the common rider, Cayman Rider. Yeah, Common Rider. Yep. Common yeah, rider. Yep. rider. Okay. And then you have a, another subgenre called the Mecca, which is your giant robo, super robot, Red Baron, stuff like that, right? So, I, and I never knew this uh, until recently, Power Rangers is actually a television series that was just showing the action scenes of tokusatsu franchise called Super Sentai. And Not
2: super hentai, you pervert. Super Sentai, super which sentai. is like Super Squad, essentially.
1: Okay, and and basically what they did is they took footage of that TV series, uh, and merged it with footage that de- they developed with American actors. So that's the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers.
2: Yeah, it's, so it's it's Super Sentai meets Saved by the Bell.
1: Yes, that, that that's pretty accurate. So Super Sentai was a franchise that was produced by Toei Company and. Bandai. It first debuted in 1975, so it's it's much older. Toei put the franchise on hiatus, however, in 1978 to work with Marvel Comics on a live-action Spider-Man series, which was the first show, I guess, to sh- to take giant robots and combine it with the tokusatsu show, like the superhero show, and it was primarily to sell more toys because they didn't think they could get enough revenue by just doing Spider-Man toys. So they added. Yeah, essentially, to, right? all
2: these shows are twenty-two minute commercials for the
1: toys. Right. Yes, and and it was so popular that when they brought the uh, Super Sentai series back, it started to incorporate the robot concept. But that was because of the uh, Marvel Spider-Man Japanese series, right? Correct. Yes. And so there's a guy who goes on a business trip to Japan, uh, Haim Saban, mm-hmm. and uh, he is just flipping through channels and discovers Super Sentai on the TV, right? Mid eighties. And he falls in love with it, but he realizes something that uh, they're, when when they're doing the action sequences, I guess the mass, the, the mouths don't move and everything else. So he starts to wondering like, how how do you bring this over into the U S And a little side note. I never knew this Um, science or Haim Saban uh, created all the theme songs for the cartoons in the 80s that I grew up. Every cartoon you've ever heard. Yeah. From G.I. Joe, Rainbow Bright, Inspector Gadget. He he did all those theme songs. So he's over in Japan working and sees this series. And he's trying to figure out how to uh, how to bring it over into the States. And he secures the rights to borrow elements from the series, but he also gets the toy distribution rights internationally. And so he's pitching this thing and everybody's turning it down. And finally the idea took off in 1992 when he came to Fox, because they were doing Fox Kids. And um, Margaret Loesch, who previously helmed Marvel Productions, uh, was familiar with the series and liked the Super Sentai show
2: because I believe Stan Lee tried to do this idea yes. a few years before this, I yeah. believe, is how it works.
1: Yep. Everybody shot it yeah. down. Um, and I guess what was very unique was nobody – like the, the Fox affiliates, so your, your small town Fox news channels, all those stuff, they didn't want to air it or pick it up. So what they had to do was Margaret brokered a deal with them and told all of these independent um, – TV stations, if you air this, we will give you profit from the toy sales, which was totally unique. It had never been done before, right? It was revenue sharing. It it was revenue sharing. So basically the first episode airs and it's a huge freaking hit. And all of a sudden the toys are just flying off the shelves. And as of 2022, I didn't even know. I, I actually thought the show was canceled, like it was done or whatnot. If you watch this series, it's really fascinating. Disney at one point owned this franchise and then sold it off and Hasbro owns it now. But as of 2022, Power Rangers consists of 29 seasons of 21 different theme series and three theatrical films. And I couldn't get latest numbers, but I got a statistic from 2001. By 2001, the franchise generated over $6 billion in toy sales. And keep in mind, that's a number that's 21 years old.
2: Yeah. The brilliant thing they did is uh, every, I guess, every season, they changed up the the aesthetic of the superheroes or your Power Rangers. And so kids had to rebuy new toys. (laughs) And so it was always churning uh, for kids to get the new Zords or the new power Rangers or whatever. Now they're Samurais or whatever now they're in space. So yeah, they changed the motif of them, um, every time. Um, and they were able to keep that money train going. So is, is
1: max into this Brad? I I mean, is he of
2: age yet? Like we like, because this week I I was kind of knee deep in power Rangers. He watched a little bit with me, but he really wasn't that, um, interested. Now, Troy, you kind of glossed over this and I'm surprised that you did. Do you know who famously was a part of the pilot for Power Rangers when it was, when they were shopping
1: it around initially? Who was a part of the pilot? Yeah. No, go, go ahead. I, Mark I, Dacascas. Oh yeah, that's right. He was. Yeah. Um Well, and, and I didn't, I didn't know that I guess of the original series two, Brian Cranston, who we're going to talk about in the film had done voice work for the original series as well. Okay. All right. Uh it, it's amazing. I I did not understand. Now at the time, I, I think when Fox was showing stuff, um, we were more interested in the Batman animated series. Uh because that was about the the right same time, right?
2: Yeah, the early nineties was, you know, you had the X-Men show, you had this, you had Batman Animated, all the kind of the early to mid-90s to a little later 90s. But yeah, those was like the heyday for superhero cartoons.
1: I had no idea that this thing was as big as it was. I mean, did, did when you guys were watching this back when you were 10 to 12, were you collecting the toys too? I mean...
2: Oh, absolutely. The robots and stuff was the best part.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to... Yeah. I think, you know, it's hard to think back when, when you were that age, but it's hard to, to gauge if I realized the impact that that it had, but I know we do, you know, I I never missed an episode. I I didn't get into as much the later iterations of the, the power Rangers in space and samurai and turbo force or some of those other ones that, that were seemed kind of out there. But, you know, to Brad's point, I think that was the genius of the marketing was again, staying relevant, staying fresh. And that's how I think it appealed to so many, generations as the show wore on um and and i think it's it's still on as far as i can tell one of them or a, a a type of power ranger yeah i
1: think hasbro owns it now and is producing a lot of stuff i i, I want to say back in 2018 or 2019 um Hayem sold the franchise and everything over to hasbro for for like 520 some million dollars so and he's like the
2: 200 like he's in the top 300 of the, the richest people in the entire world. So, uh
1: yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. He's, yeah. What so the other question I have was um Toku Satsu as as like a a thing in Japan was growing up on this, did it was it a gateway drug to like other Japanese franchise series or like subgenres in this for you? Ultraman. So this led you to Ultraman. Yes, absolutely. Okay. No, that's interesting. I I mean I got to I got to say, I, I did enjoy going back and looking at some older episodes. Kind of reading about this subgenre, not really understanding how big of a deal it was. I, I mean, I was I was seeing like um, new. You go back on YouTube and you watch some of the news of when this thing hit, and anytime they would make an appearance in L.A., like it would shut traffic down. It was crazy. So, oh,
2: uh, it was the biggest thing in the entire world. For I, it was when you got. I forget what day it aired, but the next day at school, you all talked about the power Rangers episode from the day before on the playground. And then Troy, this is going to freak you out. But when the green Ranger came on to the scene, the, the green Rangers. was the biggest moment in kid TV probably ever, ever.
1: So. Uh, explain. <laughs>
2: they introduced a bad Ranger and his name was tommy and of course he was he had long hair He looked apart yeah and yeah he was straight out of cobra kai and (laughs) dude was you know everything a villain needed to be and
1: uh i thought he was was a good guy
2: he turned into a good guy and then he turned into the white ranger troy it do you want to get into this or do you want to talk
1: about (sighs) it's a whole nother subreddit yeah (laughs) okay all right um I'll just keep reading, I guess. And he had a magical flute and it yeah, was awesome. You, w- yeah. Hold on. What? <laughs> he had a flute. And yeah. the, and he oh, oh, would play I it. saw that toy in the documentary. He, his yeah. sword was a, it looked like a trumpet flute thing. Yeah. was like, yeah.
2: And he, the dragon would come.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so we're talking about the 2017 film Ooh. that I think at this point, uh, Haim Saban had just bought the rights back from Disney because uh, Disney tried to do some stuff with it, wasn't very successful. As soon as Haim got him got the rights back, TV shows back out there again, toy sales are up, um, and and they try and do a grittier reboot, right? So we're we're back in 2017, and Brad, you had never seen this before.
2: I I'd seen the first hour.
3: Okay, and and Brad, how about you? I had caught bits and pieces on TNT as it would come on. Um, this week was actually my first sit down, watch from start to finish. Okay.
1: Uh, Cam and I actually saw this in the theater. So he was 11, I think when this came out, so it, it was right up his alley. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about his reaction. Cause I think it was, it was pretty good too, but Brad you usually go through the financials with us. And and when this thing got released, cause we're, we're on a podcast talking about movies that bombs, so obviously, This this didn't do up to what the expectations were, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So released March 24th of 2017 with a reported budget of $105 million. uh, Spending that money on the CGI. To put it in context, the 1995 film was made for $15 million. It was a hit Um, too, right? It was. It made like $66 million, you know, quadruple money. Uh, This one ranks in... um, rakes in $85 million domestically and 57 internationally for about $142 million, Ooh. which uh, when you talk about production and uh, marketing expenses, they wrote off about $74 million for this movie, uh, which is not great. Um, not only so, okay. It, it did okay. Critically. Uh, It sits at a 51% on Rotten Tomatoes. So we call that, you know, like a flip of the coin. Audience is at 65%, which we will get into that
1: because holy shit. (laughs) I saw this thing had a cinema score of an A.
2: Yeah, A cinema score.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Uh, But Troy, (laughs) we don't care about any other reviews besides the one, the only Movie guide review. Oh, God. And if was, you don't know hoping, what movie guide is. Yeah,
1: you got to refresh because we haven't had a movie guide review for a little
2: yeah. bit. Movie guide is a Christian website that reviews films for its content. And they omitted something in this film and they harp on something. And I, I, I know you can see where the priorities of Christianity come into this. <clears throat> Are okay. we ready? Because I'm, I'm, here we go.
1: I'm sure there's a few things they don't like.
2: <laughs> yes. Strong moral worldview with light Christian redemptive elements stresses sacrifice, teamwork, friendship, and becoming responsible as teen protagonists transition into becoming heroes. A character says, thank God, a brief shot of nuns in a van singing, go tell it to the mountains. (laughs) Plus a politically correct homosexual element where movie implies one of the characters is struggling with figuring out her sexuality. And it implies she's a lesbian as well as reference to 65 million years ago. So one of the problems this movie has is it refers to something that happened 65 million years ago, because we all know the earth is only 5,000 years old. Let's move on. Uh, nine obscenities, including two S words, two almost obscenities. One character begins to say an F word nine light profanities <laughs> and a few vagar vulgar references, lots of action violence, including a scary alien who kills a few people, It tries to destroy a town with a gold creature. Lots of punching, kicking, and shooting, though little blood.
1: Lots, really? Lots.
2: (laughs) Human characters fight amongst each other and throw some punches. Three very intense car crashes, light sexual immorality uh, in one scene, implying that one main female character has lesbian homosexual tendencies, plus a character makes some passes at girls and flirts, upper male nudity, upper male nudity, uh, girl strips to her underwear briefly to swim. Villain wears a somewhat revealing outfit. A reference to beer, no smoking, no drug use, and bullying, but not condoned. Troy, they don't talk about the fucking bestiality in this movie. They jerk off a bull in this movie, and they don't mention it. They they will harp on the fact that a girl's a lesbian but there is nothing about jerking off a bull.
1: Uh, so, Audi, <laughs> Okay. Okay. What was, what was, did they give a final rating though?
2: Uh, it's a negative two.
1: A negative two. Okay. Yeah. That's not bad. What, out of,
2: what, out of f- plus four. Yeah. The
1: rating system is negative terrible. four to like plus four or something. Yeah. Yeah. So you, it's like, you're not immediately going to hell for watching this thing.
2: No, no, but there is a lesbian in it. And they make reference that the earth is 60, 60 million yeah, years. So you're actually, it was 65 million years ago, but you know, whatever.
1: Yeah. You're, you've got, you've got some praying to do after watch this one. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah.
2: Um, also films you could have seen in the theater, March of 2017, we have the boss, baby T2 train spotting Sloan ghost in the shell life uh chips god chips uh beauty and the beast and kong skull island for our buddy charlie huh oh and there's more sorry yeah uh maybe there's not oh last words remember that movie last words
1: it's not ringing a bell man
2: okay anyway uh yeah that's the
1: movies you could have seen in march of 2017 Okay, well that's uh, that's a pretty packed month. There's some there's some big ones in there.
2: They didn't mention bestiality.
1: <laughs> you, can you? Do you have their email? Can you write it in? Maybe I'm going to. if you do that, it might knock it down to a negative three. To be fair, he
3: he didn't milked it to it was, climax. Yeah, he, he jerked it up the climax.
2: One big
1: utter. <laughs> You're giving like <laughs> pretty much. Fifteen seconds of this film, so much attention and detail, it's cracking me up. <laughs>
2: Troy, it is the crux of one character's conflict in this movie. How
1: is it the? It, it is not the. Cru- okay, all it, right. What?
2: Why is he wearing an? Ankle he wasn't wearing? the
1: one that did it. Yeah, it he took the fall for it. for it. Okay,
2: but that he, he didn't rat out his friends. So his dad has to go to work every day, and they're like, "Hey, I guarantee
1: hey, it didn't come up in court." The other know, stuff probably Jason came up Scott's in court. Dad, you know what Jason Scott did? He jerked off a bull. Even though he didn't, but he took the fall for it. Well, it's a small town. Do you think
2: he's just walking by and everybody's mooing at him all the time?
1: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's talk about the people who made the movie. I
3: miss being on here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We've got director Dean uh, Israelite. He'd only done a couple of films, it looks like. Project Almanac in 2015. Anybody see that? I think I saw it, but I don't remember anything about it.
2: I never saw it.
1: Uh, I don't. I don't remember it being very memorable. Um, he's he's been doing a lot of TV series. I think most recently he worked on a uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark series or something mm-hmm. of that nature. Okay, uh, screenplay by John Gaddens. So he he has an interesting background. Here's some of the movies that he did: Summer Catch in two thousand one, Hardball in two thousand one with Keanu Reeves, Coach Carter. He did the screenplay for that. Uh, dreamer in 2005, which he also directed real steel, 2011. We talked about that one recently, Uh flight with Denzel Washington in 2012. And he has a couple of story by credits on need for speed in 2014, which I had always thought that that was a bomb. But if you go back and look at what that thing cost and what it made internationally, it was a pretty big hit. Uh, so sure, you
2: want to, you want to know the most tragic death in any movie ever to me. What's that? G baby. Hardball Mm. RIPG, baby.
1: (laughs) Did it really affect you that much? Dude, dude, have you seen hardball? I saw it in the theaters and didn't really care for it. Does
2: G-Baby's death not still linger in your heart to this day? Mm. Oh, my God, Troy. No, You're a all. monster. Thought, thought monster. It was, <laughs>
1: thought it was a just meh movie. Sorry. Uh, so apparently it had no effect on me, and I went on living a very healthy life. Um, and then also, John worked on – you talked about this. It came out in March, Kong Skull Island. He had a story by credit on that. Uh, and this is one of those films where you've got somebody who does a screenplay, but there's a bunch of people that contributed to the story – so Matt Sazma, Brooke Sharpless, Michelle Mulroney, Kieran Mulroney, Uh And this wasn't on here, but I have to imagine possibly Krispy Kreme Donuts had a story credit. Holy shit, game. Troy. Yeah. They say Krispy Kreme
2: Donuts more than morphing in this movie. It is a Power Rangers movie.
1: I, I know, which is why I'm going to give a story by Krispy Kreme Donuts. Uh, <laughs> so, my
2: cardiac arrest. Yes.
1: Cinematography. Cause this will come up in our discussion, uh, by Matthew J. Lloyd. He's worked on some big stuff. I guess they worked together on project almanac. So obviously he picked, you know, the same person to work on this film, but you know, most recently Matthew J. Lloyd has a lot of credits. He's worked on some big budget stuff like Spartan uh, far from home in 2019. Let's get, let's get to the people in front of the camera because I think this is sort of interesting. So power rangers the the mighty morphin power rangers that came out in the early 90s you got five high school kids that um they're they're always spending time at this gym slash juice bar or -hmm. something like that okay yeah yeah Troy. didn't you have one of those at your high school no sure didn't no um (laughs) it's like the max but you do karate there yeah oh yeah yeah. they do karate and get juice and then Mm -hmm. teleport to go fight monsters so it's a nice little setup but everybody seemed, I don't know, for the most part, they had their shit together. I'm sure they were, you know, uh, kids of, of two parent households. Everybody was hugged every day. Yes. They, they the obviously black Ranger
2: was black. Yeah. The yeah. Yellow Ranger was the Asian <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah. So know. there
1: you go. Um, let let's talk about the, the power Rangers from, from this film. So we've got, uh, do you know how to say this guy's first name? D A C R E Dakri. Is that how you say it? That's how I've always said it. Daquiri. Dakri, yeah. Okay. Daquiri. Oh, Daquiri. Uh He plays Jason Scott, the Red Ranger and leader of the Power Rangers. Jason was the former star quarterback of Angel Grove High School's football team before a failed prank led to a run-in with the law.
2: And what was that prank, Troy?
1: Uh, what he, were they going to do? He, he, were they just going to put a cow in a locker room? That was the prank. And then why and then was, he drove he off he and like it? crashed yeah. the like 18 different cars. Okay. So we're getting a little gritty here, right? Okay. Different kind of Jason from the early 90s. We get Naomi Scott as Kimberly Hart, the Pink Ranger, and a disgraced former cheerleader who took part in a cyberbullying incident by spreading a private image of her friend around school.
2: Uh no, she should be a felon. She was spreading around child pornography.
1: Y- yes. Yeah, yep, true. So uh, RJ Siler as Billy Cranston, the Blue Ranger, a loner with high functioning autism, who is a target of bullying, but he also goes around blowing up school lockers um, and setting explosives everywhere. Yeah. Becky G as Trini Kwan, the Yellow Ranger, a new girl in town who is struggling to make friends, having difficulty relating to her family and questioning her sexual orientation. Uh, Ludi Lin as Zach Taylor, the Black Ranger, the second in command of the team, was he? Is yeah, I didn't pick up. No, on that.
2: all I knew about this guy is I'm crazy. I'm crazy, crazy, crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's like crazy, okay. crazy, crazy, uh, crazy. Uh, and I'm Liu Kang as well.
1: Yeah, uh, Zach's mother is sick, and he lives in fear that he will return home one day to find her dead, which is why he sleeps on top of like an abandoned train. There's your Power Rangers. Wow, it
3: covers all your bases.
1: We, we've come a long way from the 90s, right? So <laughs> the, the allies, the people helping the Power Rangers, we get Bill Hader, the Bill Hader, as the voice of Alpha 5, the robot assistant to Zordon. And you get Brian Cranston as Zordon, the Power Rangers mentor and the former Red Ranger. Zordon lived millions of years ago before his consciousness became a part of the morphing grid at the time of his death.
2: Which I believe is new for the movie. I don't think Zordon's origin story was he was a Power Ranger.
1: Neither was Rita Repulsa's either. So. Yep, so they're, they're changing it up. So it's a good segue. Let's talk about the villains. We've got Elizabeth Banks as Rita Repulsa, the former Green Ranger who went rogue and killed her old team before being subdued by Zordon for millions of years. She works to form the monster Goldar while attempting to steal the Zero, Zeo Crystal, an artifact that channels the morphing grid at the, yeah. It, <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> I just, hey, guess what? The first episode of the goddamn TV show did a way better job of of, of all. Of, yeah, the making the swords.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get uh Fred Testa Scory as the voice of Goldar. I, I do want to do an honorable mention in the villain category. This wasn't uh, in the research that I pulled together. So honorable mention um,
2: clogged arteries from Krispy Kreme.
1: No, no, no. There, there's oh. three. Okay. Uh, one, it's with you. Dot, or with you, period. I think that's a band. That's how it spells. like with you, and there's a period at it, at the end of it. Not like, so you know what I'm saying? It, it's punctuation. Yes. So it's with you, yeah, yeah. punctuation, period. That's a band. Uh, Santa Gold, I don't know what that is. Could be a person, could be, I don't know. That name's whatever it refers to. And Vince Staples, that sounds like a singular person. Those three.
2: Are or, they the people more. trying to do the fake uh Sean Legacy soundtrack
1: oh no no they that well I don't know what you would so they do this song they do the credit song at the called Hall. give it all that plays over the end credits of the film and absolutely shits all over the 1990 <laughs> song the power by snap uh and, and maybe shits all over is kind of uh inaccurate it's the best way to describe it if you if you've <laughs> never heard this song it's probably the biggest human auditory atrocity ever pushed on to the unsuspecting public. And and that probably scratches the surface of of kind of what the shit show is that somebody <laughs> called music and put it in film. So I'm actually going to call them the main villains and Elizabeth Bank being sort of a sub villain. Because when you get to that end credit scene, oh, my God, I, my ears were bleeding.
2: Well, um, we also get Kanye West's power, which was on uh, – what was it? My Beautiful – Dark Twisted Fantasy, which came out in, what, 09 or 10? So, that you know, we're seven years late on that song, too. So, yeah.
1: Uh, there you go. Yep. People in front of the camera, people behind the camera. We got some very dark, gritty Power Rangers. I mean, they went in an entirely different direction. From- yeah, I think
3: we've just lost probably half the listeners because they <laughs> probably see where we're going with this one.
1: Ooh, I, yeah. Well, let's, let's get into it, Brett. You... Had a choice of like 50 movies and you couldn't even <laughs> come back and went, man, can we do this one? Cause your other choices, but you're like power Rangers. I'm in, uh, yeah. so first time watch for you. Yes. We, we, we went gritty.
3: We went dark. Um, what, what'd you think? Bloated bloated is the first thing, because I think what made the show so enjoyable was the fact that they were 22 minute episodes And it was just, it was short. It was to the point. And like Brad said, honestly, I got more from that. I just was watching it here as you guys were talking. I think I like the show's action more when it's dudes in gray putty costumes running around, like the car sales lots, inflatable arms doing that. I think that's more enjoyable to me (laughs) than what the CGI putties were. I, it, I will say this because I don't want to just completely shit on the film. I love Doc Ray Montgomery. I I think he was awesome in Stranger Things. I think he does. I think he does an admirable job. If that's one compliment that I can say about this, um, but man, and I even like. So I heard Brad mentions briefly that the Tron soundtrack want to be so I like Brian Tyler a lot Brian Tyler did the score for this he's done a bunch of good stuff if you google Brian Tyler you will recognize so much so much of his stuff but yeah this everything about this just didn't sit well with me that from the 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 breakfast club backstory to the I don't know I, I didn't see any kung fu There was nothing that I thought really made the show what it was. I I thought bloated. I thought this, you could have shaved 30 minutes off this thing and I think it would have made for a better film. Um, Brad, you had
1: coined the phrase for our show fart fart rock, right? (laughs) Yeah. Is it, is Fart Techno? It's our fart Techno, yes. Yep. Is yep. that the equivalent for oh, this cool, one? Yeah. Okay. We'll fart it, Techno. Okay. Th- that describes this. Yeah. Brett, is that is that an accurate
3: description of the music Fart Techno? <laughs> I am stealing that for sure. <laughs> fart Techno. It and the, the and I think that's the more I think about, you know, why didn't I like this? Because again, I was texting Brad this week, and I think you were there in part of that, Troy. It, I didn't want to... so I went back and was kind of watching that '95 movie to try and get my head in the right frame of mind. Okay, am I am I being too hard on something about a group of teenagers who transport and fight and robots? And and then I thought, no, I'm really not. The movie's just, and I I guess too not to jump ahead, but it sounds like they're now remaking this one, so they're going to go with a a new Adaptation. So I, I pray that because I, I'm sure that the new people listen to this podcast, that <laughs> they understand kind of what made Power Rangers the global force that it was. And it wasn't Breakfast Club meets whatever direction that this guy went in, because I, I didn't even like Goldar. Goldar was a great character in the show, but the Pacific Rim-esque Transformer thing that showed up just wasn't it wasn't for me uh what what's your
1: take on the new Godzilla films by the way I'm just curious uh, so I I mean they've kind of done this um, monster verse now mm-hmm. and, and we've got Godzilla King Kong and uh I, I mean do you enjoy those at all
3: I do I dug the new Godzilla and, and I think that movie I think that film about a giant lizard battling a giant ape approach that subject matter with the right sense of kind of what it was. And I think this power Rangers film, I think went away from that to try to go in this kind of realistic. Um, I mean, Jesus, just listen to the, the character description. And I think it tells you, all you know, the, cl- clearly the term overthinking was involved in this entire process from start to finish. Yeah, and look,
2: they, at the, look at the suits. They overthought it. They threw $105
3: million at it. And I and I, I think we're probably going to go this route, but I will say this too. I think the film looked nice. I think the film looked good. Um, but God, everything else within that holy the the Krispy Kreme thing was just bizarre. <laughs> just, <laughs> shit, just weird. Uh,
1: yes, that's, a, that's that's an understatement. All right, Brad. So you finally watch this? Sounds like you got to you got to run at it at 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 least a while ago and got through the first hour and quit now you had to finish it uh what what's what's your reaction to this one
2: yeah when uh jason and in in zordon are arguing at each when one character is yelling at a face on a wall I, I that was the part where i was like you know what not right now movie not right now especially <laughs> it was on amazon prime so my my investment was was about sixty-four minutes of my time, and I was like, "I, I want my other sixty-four minutes back." So I'm not going to continue down this road. Um, it's
1: a two-hour movie, right? Just a little, two, little hours, two hours. Yeah,
2: it's over two hours, mm. um, and, and it's so joyless and over rots and over dark for no reason. Like I understand, Troy. Dark Knight was a revelation for us all, and we love the dark. Of it and the realism of it, not everything has to be The Dark Knight. This is a children's movie, um, that is about kids, uh, getting into giant dinosaurs, and that those five giant dinosaurs do a Voltron esque, um, transformation. And a big sword comes down from the sky, and they use that sword, they cut down the monster, uh, the zord, the Megazord will then turn to the camera and the monster blows up. End of story. It's not that complicated. Uh, this is just one of those things where it takes 90 minutes before we are in our Power Rangers suits 90 minutes of a 120 minute movie. So we get 30 minutes of Power Rangers in this movie, and that's just not enough. I, I don't want to see teenagers battling with who they are and why can't we be friends and uh, i'll go see
3: perks of being a wallflower if i want. yeah
2: yeah that's a much better movie um correct i i you know i i i think elizabeth banks is doing a pretty good job in this movie i liked the way she kind of ate the scenery up dude she was the only one that knew she was in a power rangers movie like she was I think hamming it up quite a bit.
1: Um just because you're hamming it up does not mean that you're <laughs> delivering a good performance. Dude, I,
2: the bar is not that high. Let's the just bar be is specific not that high. here.
1: Like people who ham it up do not get a pass. Uh they can still deliver a shitty performance. So well,
2: okay. Anyway, I I had a hard time with this movie. Um again, the crux of one of the characters, um, conflicts in this movie is an ankle monitor he literally wears it and then they basically fix that problem within the first 20 minutes of the movie he gets it and then they fix it and it's never spoken about again that ankle bracelet never matters so like why does he even have it if you're immediately gonna resolve that conflict in the first act why does he even have it like don't figure something else out he doesn't need that ankle bracelet because Yes,
1: it gets get, him and the Billy bracelet makes it gritty.
2: Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I mean, it gets him and Billy to become friends or whatever, but right, there's gritty. A, um, a million other ways. He could have just
3: they fought met- the bully
2: in yes, detention. They- and that's that's that.
3: Right. I would have it- rather this film started halfway through in a gym slash juice bar. And they all just get together. I don't think I don't, I,
1: I don't think this town
2: Or they a, just show they
3: just show up to detention one day <laughs> and there you go. Like were they meet in a Krispy Kreme. I mean literally anything. I guarantee the first
1: draft had a crispy green like they weren't meeting at detention. It was everybody got around at a crispy cream yeah. and instead of a juice bar, it was the crispy cream. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. I think this movie is really, really bad. I think it sucks hard. I, boy, I I almost texted you and I was like, you know what, man, we made it to 100. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just call it a day because this movie was just, it's just so joyless. Like, look, man, there's a charm with that original series and those original movies. They're not great, but there's a charm there. And they're watchable. And yes, the special effects do not hold up very well. They didn't at the time because one of the charms of this series and of those movies is kind of the cheapness, right? And when you throw $105 million or something, you lose the cheapness. Power Rangers kind of needs that sort of like we're a double-A baseball team sort of deal. Like we're sponsored by a proctologist out in right field. Like, you know, like, we need something like that. We don't need, we don't need major motion picture money. We need double a money.
1: And, um, so that, that brings up a good point. Uh, so you had made a comment. This is a kid's movie.
2: Well, it was a kid series.
1: So is this, was this a kid's film? Were they going for a kid's audience? Was this made for kids? So. I
2: think they were going for you 18 to 24 year olds.
1: Oh, I think they were going for you and Brett. I think this is what they thought you and Brett wanted and then you could take your kids to it. Yeah. Um, be, because that, that cheapness of special effects or that cheesiness of, um, again, I always reference super inframan cause it's, it's a Shaw brothers film and you watch it. There's tons of Kung Fu, but there's tons of like Kaiju battles and, you know, robot guys running around and it, it, I love it today, but I loved it as a kid but I can also say that's probably one of the few Shaw brothers that it might not be universally loved. Uh, and, and my father hated it. He <laughs> thought that was the worst movie he'd ever seen. Uh, we always had this debate over which was worse rhinestone or, or inframan. Ooh. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm just curious, like when, when you're a studio and you come across a property and Lionsgate says, well, here's a hundred million dollars. Are you going to make, anything even resembling what that TV show was and specifically the, the super Sentai aspect of it. Uh, And that's why I asked the question about the Godzilla and King Kong films today. I mean, there's no cheesiness in any of those, um in, in fact they're all very very serious right
2: yeah and my big problem with that is all the human stuff like there's too much human stuff in those movies like, it, it is get and
1: out of the way power rangers probably see. has a lot more in common with those modern godzilla mm-hmm. king kong films which is funny because i mean the guy who wrote this one had his hand in uh kong skull island which i think is a, an amazing i really like kong Skull island i, I think it's fantastic
2: but, yeah why and, is brie larson in that movie Troy? <laughs> I,
1: I don't know, but the monsters yeah. are awesome in it. Um, yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, I guess, I guess that's my question: is like, who, who was this movie made for exactly? That's my theory. Unless you guys have some kind of difference, I don't think it was made for teenagers. I don't think it was made for it's, kids.
2: It's definitely pulling on nostalgia, right? It's the yeah. same thing with those GI Joe movies and stuff. And I think those GI Joe movies are not great, but they're way better than this movie.
3: Yeah, no doubt. And they, they do. They make, you know whether it be at the end when they reference Tommy and they, they have the green jacket there or the, they brought out the, what seemed, what felt like the original theme is the the robots were rolling out. So
2: or they even make yeah. reference to like the, the one guys, the black Ranger and, you know, uh, Billy's like, Hey, what? And you're like, yeah, we get it. Like in the original, the black guy was the black Ranger. We get it. Yay. Let's move on. Um,
3: but yeah, and then to to think that a, 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 what was really sad, and you'll have to tell me what, what Cam thought, but why would, if I were a nine or 10-year-old, this movie wouldn't convince me to want to get into Power Rangers. I'd be like, this is super boring. I'm going to go find something else to watch. Whereas nine or 10-year-old Brett watching the, the show was incredible. It was awesome. We didn't have... Any of this setup or the the we we didn't need the context. What we wanted, we got. Which was where
2: were where were bulky skull and skull.
3: They just,
1: just cla- you could. Oh, that's the skinny and fat guy. The the comedy relief guys. Okay,
2: yeah, yeah. The comedy yeah, yeah, relief really yeah. This movie could have used some genuine comedy. Anything,
3: anything it, like it that. had Bill Hader with weird eyes
2: yeah <laughs> th- again they over they overthought like alphas alpha fives design and the zords and the suits it's like all over designed they took too many notes from that transformers series They're like no we have to make everything so intricate and complex it's like no give me a goddamn spandex suit in a helmet and call it a day
1: okay so here's my other question for you guys is your nostalgia or love for the original series getting in your way of you enjoying this one or is it just a bad movie?
2: I, so obviously I'm going to be a little bit more um, critical of it because it, it's coming from source material that I enjoyed because I liked seeing Kung Fu as a kid and any sort of Kung Fu I could get um, that my parents were like, yeah, watch your stupid Power Rangers show, whatever. You want to see that movie? We'll take you. If I could, you know, but I can still separate that from what I am today as a, as someone who watches a lot of movies and be like, no, that's just a bad movie separated from any sort of nostalgia I have. Cause again, I've really nostalgia for the GI Joe franchise, probably more than power Rangers. Cause I was like seven when I watched that. Um, and that to me, those films are not great but they're at least have a little bit of joy to them and a little bit of fun to them. Um, This is just devoid of anything that would resemble a good time.
3: Yeah, I agree. I think that I can distinguish between how I felt about the, the, the the original show and movie with this, you know, I would compare it to maybe like a goosebumps. I I love the goosebumps books as kids, this show, I really liked and then the film with Jack Black I, it was fun they didn't try to make Goosebumps into like this teen PG-13 paranormal they, they stayed true to what makes Goosebumps really fun and why R.L. Stein you know I don't know how involved he was I would imagine he was pretty involved but they they kept it along the same theme as that and didn't try to do more than what it was and I think that's what this problem the problem with this power rangers is that uh, as a standalone film you know take out my love for the original show just not it's not good it has no redeemable qualities in my opinion that that make it anything better than a just a a really bad movie
1: okay um so Cam and I saw this in the theater when it originally came out and Cam was 11 at the time. I'll say this. We kind of had an okay time with it. Cam's reaction now, <laughs> my kids at any age, I can't ever compare to um, their same demographic or age group when they talk about a film. Yes. <laughs> because you know Cam will talk about Big Trouble in Little China and, and call it a perfect film the way we do, but most of his friends haven't seen it. And it is fun to watch Cameron introduce his friends to all of these classics that I grew up on and that he likes them. But there are a lot of things that we disagree on, too. But I can say that when we saw this film in my head, I was I was thinking, oh, that was that show that when we were hungover we would watch. And I remember seeing in the theater and like there there was a sequence, I think, in the 95 where they're all beating up the, the bad guys in a in a mining pit. They're called putties, Troy. Okay, putties. And the martial arts sequence in that was really good. Oh, you uh, just think
2: it's slow motion after slow motion after slow motion?
1: <laughs> no, I'm talking about that ninety that 95. No, I know.
2: Yeah, but was, comparatively, it's just, hey, let's just do something in slow motion and call it an action scene.
1: Yeah. Um, but I, I just I, – I walked in thinking, oh, wow, we're getting a updated version of this really goofy uh, super inframan, mighty morphin, whatever. It, it's going to be like that. So I was surprised at how good the movie looked and it did deliver a couple of memorable moments in terms of the look of it. And I'll, I'll talk about that, um, but nothing amazing. We, we just, you go to you, you go to a movie with your 11 year old son and he's like, oh, I like this aspect. It's pretty cool. And I, I know he liked the thirty last 30 minutes. And, um, but it was one of those films that I, I do remember just totally forgetting about it within the week. And when it came out on 4K, uh, we bought it, and I'm, I told cameras like, "Didn't didn't we like this?" And he's like, "Yeah, I think we liked that." But that that was our, we we really couldn't remember that much about it, right? So having to watch it again, it was a little bit different of an experience. The movie, and I think we talked about this, the movie should have been called "Teen Drama." The movie sponsored by Krispy Kreme. I think that would have been more appropriate. Hey, hey,
2: you remember the Breakfast Club?
1: <laughs> yeah, Breakfast brought Club, brought to you in
2: part by Krispy Kreme. Yep,
1: by Krispy Kreme. Um, for a film that's based on a franchise called Power Rangers, and, and you already touched on this, Brad, you only get 30 minutes of Power Rangers. And I think that's kind of what's wrong. I, I'll digress here for a minute. Why I hate Moon Knight so much? You don't get any <laughs> Moon Knight. <laughs> so um, I think Oscar Isaacs is an amazing actor, and I like his performance in it. But don't give me a stupid show called Moon Knight and don't give me a lot of Moon Knight. Um, I think that's the biggest problem with this thing. Even with Godzilla and all the King Kong stuff, yes, the humans can get away of your enjoyment of monsters beating at each other. But I think the filmmakers in those films did a really smart thing of every so often, knowing that there might be some fatigue from the audience, throw a monster in, right? Get you going a little bit. And then it always, you know, last 30 minutes, one big monster fight. But I'll say this all of all of this film looks fantastic in my opinion mad props to to matthew j lloyd from a cinematography standpoint i think the film actually looks really good it looks gorgeous especially in 4k um it has so much polish and there are a couple of scenes that i really like what they did with it there's a great um after the the cow joke uh there is a interesting single take car chase sequence that they do from the cab of the truck that i thought was good And you get these sequences when, you know, they're trying to discover their powers and they're jumping over this big ravine. It looks fantastic. Even the underwater sequences, those shots, all of it looks great. And the last 30 minutes look great, even, you know, with the CGI robots and stuff like that. So there's so much polish to this thing. Um, however, I don't, I don't think that polish gets away from the fact you're still watching teen drama, the movie sponsored by Krispy Kreme and the humor. Oh my God. Um, Let's talk about that. I had to use
2: two hands. That (laughs) utter was so big. I had to use two hands.
1: What was Bill Hader doing? I I just have you ever heard a voice debasing himself that just sounded so depressed about being in a film? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't. I don't. I know Billy and Alpha Five are supposed to be the comic relief, but man, those jokes are painful, and especially sort of the making fun of autism kind of. Yeah, autism is
2: not funny. Like. It's not funny like being on the spectrum is is a difficult thing and we should not be laughing at someone because but we get
1: a five yeah. minute description and explanation of what being on the spectrum means. so that was helpful. <sighs> um, no, it's for, for <laughs> you, I think you said it Brad there there's no joy in this film that well there's joy in the last 30 minutes as soon as you know they get their suits on. I think it actually is kind of fun. But that first hour and a half, you, you gotta pay your dues to get to the last 30 minutes. Uh, and, and it feels like there's an imbalance there that they really should have corrected in the screenplay process. But again, I don't think this film was designed for a kid's audience or something of that nature. I think they were going with, hey, our core audience who liked that show in the early 90s, the, the Bretts and Brads who grew up with it, they're expecting, since they saw Dark Knight now and some of these grittier superheroes, that's what they want out of their power Rangers. And and that's what they leaned into, right? So good or bad, that's the choice that they made. Um, I think the performances are okay for the most part. I think Dacri and Naomi are probably do the best job, right? The two people that are absolutely terrible. And I mean, terrible is Elizabeth banks. Terrible. You can say she's hamming it up. She hams it up to the point that I wanted to punch baby. She's terrible. Um, and, R.J. Seiler Billy. That guy can't act his way out of a mind box. Um, he's absolutely terrible.
2: Have you seen uh, Me and Earl and the Real Girl, whatever it's called? Or Dying Girls? Dying Girl? Me, yeah. Earl, and the Dying Girl? Nope. Oh, he's actually really good in that movie. So. Don't
1: care if I okay. see <laughs> his name in anything right now. I may avoid it because he's that bad. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I couldn't, I couldn't stand those two and I don't know what it is. I think it was the, there's a, and I'm, I'm trying to articulate this. I'm going to do a horrible job. There is a difference between being, you know, earnest and over earnest. There's, there's a point when you cross that line. And I think RJ Siler's Billy does that too often where he becomes over earnest and annoying. And I don't know if that's supposed to be part of his autism or something of that nature, but I had no sympathy for him whatsoever. Uh, in, in spoiler. So big spoiler alert. Okay. When he dies in the middle of the film, I was like, well, awesome. Let's okay. Let's go. <laughs> you know, we'll this we'll find somebody else. Let's chance. keep going. Yeah, I'm I'm ready now. And then when they brought him back, I'm like, God, why? Man? Troy,
2: <laughs> we have five rangers. We need five rangers to make the Megazord. Just there was
1: a homeless guy. Go grab that guy on the street or a Krispy Kreme employee. <laughs> Anybody but RJ when he when he drowned or whatever. I'm like, well,
3: all of a sudden this movie got good. Um, yeah, and then I, it teases you even more thinking. Oh sweet! I might get, I might get Walter White. I might get yeah. I might get Kranston 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 back in this thing. Come
0: back
1: in, yeah. Sure. No, that was uh, didn't enjoy that. And Elizabeth Banks. I mean, I I think she's trying to ham it up. I think she's trying to do it, but I think it's also this thing where, if you see the original Rita, uh, is it Rita repulsive or repulsive? Yeah. Yeah. Repulsa. I mean, it's basically a Japanese actress doing a kids show, and it's been. Dubbed right from an American, and and it's it's super cheesy. It's super out there. I think she's trying so hard to stay away from that, but then also so hard to kind of play up the the villainous aspect of it. She she couldn't she couldn't come up with a, a compromise. Like to me, she should have really owned it and went full on for that Rita thing, or come up with something different. I feel like she's playing in the middle. And, you know, as Mr. Miyagi say, left side of street, okay, right side, okay, middle, squish like grape. Her performance is squish like grape. I mean, <laughs> you, you got to choose, man. You either go for it and don't dial it back or come up with something completely different. I think trying to play the middle on this one didn't work.
2: Well, And there's a lot of setup in this movie because even at the very end where they slap her into space, like the show basically opens up with her, like, on the like she's on the moon i guess and she's yeah. like after 10,000 years i'm free and then like zordon essentially all he wants is five teenagers with attitude to be the power rangers <laughs> just give me that opening like they literally could have done that and gotten into the power ranging power ranging is that like a we're, okay we're going to go with that yep, yep. um and that would have been your movie give me a 90 minute movie where hey zordon I need five kids. Boom. Here's these kids hanging out at this karate juice bar, hamburger place. Awesome. Let's go.
1: I, so let me ask you this. Cause hey. I here I think the biggest problem, and I see this in, I, I would say modern filmmaking today is think, think about movies that end up being a franchise, say what you will about star Wars. And I mean, star Wars, not episode four, da, 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 da star Wars. George Lucas, I, I don't really buy this BS that oh I wrote twelve chapters and no. I had to start in the middle. Whatever, no way. No Fine way. if if that's what you're going to stick to it. You may have had an outline, but even then, I'd call BS on some of that. You basically liked Hidden Fortress and you remade it into a space opera. Let's call it what it is. But there was a time when you made a film and if it was super successful, you would go okay let's let's do a sequel, right? Let's have let's build a franchise out of that. But the first step was telling a very contained story that might have three acts, followed the typical three act structure, and, and it really delivered um, everything that you were looking for. And on its own, it stood as a as a good film. And so your origin piece didn't take up ninety percent of it. You got that out of the way in the first 15, 20 minutes, then you present your central conflict and then, you know, traditional story structure. Today, it's a, oh, you have a franchise? Well, I need six movies out of this. Great, what's the first movie? It's your origin. What are you gonna do for the first two hours? We're gonna spend, uh, let's say 95 minutes of that fucking two hours explaining everything to you. Why do they have <clears throat> robots that turn into dinosaurs? Well, let's take you back to the whatever era that they showed, I had to the look c- it up. The Cenozoic. Yeah, I was like, Cenozoic. <laughs> Stop, Google, ah, okay explain guy
2: just being like oh my god 65 million years
1: <laughs> yeah so that's why they got dinosaurs like everything has to be explained
2: yeah because at the time they they explain it at the time those are the most powerful creatures on yeah. earth so they're dinosaurs
1: yeah and they haven't they have <laughs> <laughs> haven't changed haven't now. changed okay cool um so i i get that like everything has to be explained everything has to be laid out and what ends up happening is you know what it if they came up with the sequel, I bet you the sequel to this thing with the same director, cast, everything else would have been better. It would have been so much better. It almost would have to have been. It would have because the story would have started in the second film. Uh, and, and it takes me back to last week's episode when we were talking about um, the thing from Another World. And it's based in all, you know, all the thing movies. It's based on that original story. Um, by Campbell called who goes there, but who, who goes there wasn't the first version of it. The first version was called frozen hell, but Campbell had said, I was getting frustrated with that novella. And then I discovered, well, I started the story in the wrong place. So he cut off the first three chapters and boom, that's where who goes there starts. And it starts you right with them talking about, Hey, we found this alien, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like that's the problem with these modern franchises is when you go, Well, I got a six picture deal. Great. Start on movie three. Like forget the first two. Start on
2: your most interesting part of your movie. I don't Start need on to that. know the
1: backdrop. I don't. And I would have I would have loved if Bandai, because I know the original series and everything else was kind of driven by the toy market and Bandai coming saying, Well, we got all these cool toys. Can you put this in there, et cetera? Uh, I would, I would have loved that more than the origin aspect of this, like throw everything in the kitchen sink into this universe and, and start in two and three and just put me in there and let me learn along the way. Do not make me go to detention and learn oh. the rules of the film for the first hour and a half.
2: You're not wrong. <clears throat> and yeah, I, I don't think we can overstate just how uninteresting that first 95 minutes of this movie is.
1: Yeah. And say what you will. So another, another film, and I don't know if you guys have seen this, we may talk about it because I am a huge GI Joe fan. I love GI Joe. Uh, And people will crap all over that uh, snake eyes origin story. Yes. The cinematography is not the best. Um, Yeah. How they shoot the action is problematic. Yeah. Snake eyes, the snake eyes, you know, doesn't show up until the last two minutes of the movie. I get all of that. But there's a lot of ninja crap that's happening in that film and they're always putting action throughout the entire film. Now it can be problematic. Uh, if you're, if you have a, if you have an issue with the style of how they shoot that action, cause it's very Jason Borney. Right. But still there's something going on throughout the film. This one doesn't do that. There, there are a couple of sequences, the whole, the, the, Mind blows up and they're trying to escape and they get hit by a train track, etc. You get some elements where you think they're getting ready to go and then they stop because they got to have teen drama. And then we're gonna get going and they stop and they have teen drama. It's handled competently from I think a direction standpoint and the performances are okay, but that doesn't necessarily make it a fun film.
2: It's all the screenplay. It is a hundred percent the screenplay. It's one hundred
1: percent the screenplay. It's not. I honestly think it's not the director. It's not the cinematographer. This thing's beautiful to look at. I'll say that. Um, I, I really think that the, the screenplay is the problem.
3: I, I guess too. I would ask you guys: did did Billy's death mean that much? Because we did we knew all of this backstory, and we saw Jason save him in Saturday. I, my feelings for the characters were not impacted or altered by what I knew about their backstory. So again, had we started this thing in chapter four, I might've even had more fun because then you're fitting in more of the elements that made the original show so good, which was the Kung Fu. And I would have loved some more cheese. I give me some of that corny, just a little, even a nod with the putties, Would have been nice. Something. Figure out a way to acknowledge how corny those original putties were. I think in anything like that versus, yeah, basically trying to set up a six-picture franchise when we haven't even built this first thing. Why are we trying to build a bridge when we don't even know like this? It hasn't. The first part of this hasn't even been built yet. And and again, I couldn't agree more with. In this first movie, we have got to find a way to bring an entire entirely new demographic into this Power Rangers universe. And what they did, and f- it, what I think, was turned off the original demographic that fell in love with it, and they didn't bring anybody new in. And so I think that was reflected in its box office numbers and why they ended up canceling the other six sequels that they had planned or whatever it was. Tony Stark
2: builds an Iron Man suit in a cave before these kids get their Power Ranger powers <laughs> in the timeline of the movie. <laughs> it's like the first half an hour. We're getting out of that cave. He built it in a cave, but yeah, that's act one Iron Man. Yeah. This I, is like end of act two. We're finally Power Rangers.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's pro- the script is problematic. Now I, I, <laughs> was confused when i started reading like an a cinema score and everything else but when when you take a step back um and again i i would say that if if you look at how movies are made today with this whole we got to start with the origin story and then we got to have five movies and all this other stuff this is no better or worse than some of the franchises they've tried to get off the ground at the end of the day I mean, and it actually is probably a little bit better just because it's got some great cinematography and, and I'll say the last 30 minutes are kind of fun. So if, if people are coming into this and maybe not that familiar with the nineties TV show or has that nostalgia to it, and maybe they just like the trailer and they're like, what's this, let me go into it. It looks like a superhero film, right? They don't know the whole um, background with the tokusatsu or any of that stuff. I guarantee your average movie goer, average person watching this is like, yeah, that was pretty good. Nothing memorable. And to be quite honest, that was Cameron and I's reaction to it. I really think the fact that I wasn't watching with Cameron or watching with an 11 year old (laughs) of today, um, it does kind of hurt it a little bit because when when you look at this from a critical perspective, you start thinking about, well, where's that ankle bracelet? What happened to that whole thing? You know, those little plot points, right? Um, Yes, you get to see Trini and uh, her family but as she's getting the crap beat out of her in a room and uh we're the family never shows up how is, you know yeah. trust
2: me if my daughter is getting beat up in her bedroom i'm probably gonna go check it out
1: yes it well, and she, i mean she's obviously at the end she's doing all the drywall and stuff yeah, like so that. so it really
2: happened like at first i was like well maybe it was just a dream uh-huh. they didn't hear it blah 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 but no it definitely happened in that house
1: yeah so I, i'm sure if you can kind of be in the right state of mind with the right I don't know, peer group watching this thing, it's it's probably an average enjoyable and somebody could come out and go, yep, that was a pretty good film. And that was my initial reaction to it because I think it surprised me the direction that they went and the performances aren't bad except for two. Um, but yeah, I mean, watching it a second time, this is definitely one of those films that I, I think if you can put your nostalgia on hold and you watch it the first time, or maybe you've never seen a power Rangers movie, you'll be like, well, that was okay. It looked like a superhero wannabe you know, Avengers thing and just didn't go anywhere with it. Cool. Um, but yeah, on a second viewing, it it its problems really start to show out. And and I think the biggest problem is it it, it is more Breakfast Club than it is an Avengers film or or a cheesy infra man old nineties power, whatever you want to reference. It, that equation's just out of balance.
2: Yeah, and even like your most decorated actor brian cranston you don't like zordon in this movie at all he is so unlikable and it's hard to like find the motivation with why would they work for this guy or work with this guy he's kind of a dick
1: i think all the characters in here are unlikable i actually don't like any of them there's (laughs) And, and let me backtrack so when you when you read all those like i read those descriptions about um the red ranger and the pink ranger and all this other stuff. I'm looking at these power rangers and going, they're assholes. Uh, (laughs) and so this, this is, this is what cracks me up. So there's this heartfelt moment and I'm sorry, my voice seems to be going, um, the Kimberly Hart and Jason Scott. So the pink ranger and the red ranger, she finally confesses what she did about sending that picture around and his you mean the,
2: the felony that she committed yes felony okay. she committed
1: and the response is <clears throat> doing something bad doesn't make you a bad person you got to own doing it. something
2: awful doesn't make you an awful person
1: yeah something like that and so cool that's that's it it's yeah, conflict, resolved. Conflict, that's conflict resolved that's conflict resolution right? Troy <laughs> um it, it, you said Brett that um when Billy died, nobody had an emotional reaction. I, I had an emotional well, that's reaction.
3: True. I forgot. <laughs> it was joy. Elation, joy and elation. Yes. Aside. Um, yeah.
1: But uh, yeah, no, I just, I looked at all of these people. I mean, Ludi Lin. I don't think is, he's an okay actor. Uh, I probably give him a pass for that mortal Kombat film, but you know, the fact that he leaves his mom just because it creeps him out or something. I'm like, you're a dick too, man. Hey, <laughs> what, hey, if, what if she needs you at night and you're, yeah. I mean. Hey, guess uh, what?
2: At the end of the movie, that mom is still alive. So, you know, it's, I bet if they were going to go in the next movie, she'd probably still be kicking.
3: So I don't yeah, know. And I, I, I think that in, in that regard, I think the film, because it tried to do this massive setup, I think that what we're talking about, it ended up falling on its own sword because it didn't work and so now as we just continue to tear it apart you realize well shit it just it simply didn't work and it's i'm assuming what they were hoping for is not the reaction that it elicited from from any of us you know especially us and I, maybe i'm wrong if if the cinema scores are are a's maybe it did work for some people but I, this is not me talking about the character from the original. This is just me talking about this as a standalone film. If if I had knew nothing about that and I was like, oh, they've got to find five teenagers that are going to save the world. These are the five they found. Are you Really? And just because they've tried to, I don't know, tug at my heartstrings with the, these stories that they don't end up ultimately going anywhere. It, it didn't work. In fact, it just contributed to to my disdain and hatred for the five power rangers
2: well in the one it's like yes we have a we might have a lesbian character on our hands but they pussyfoot around it so much you're like you're, you're not committing to it you mention it and you kind of hint at it and you're wishy-washy again troy it's your-
1: but i i like that aspect like if if we're talking i do be so and i'm coming at it from this perspective Uh, somebody of that age group who's just trying to figure it out. Yes. I like that. I I like the fact that she's questioning it and she could have,
2: uh, yes, they could have done it. They didn't give it it enough time for it to executed it a lot better. Yes. If you are not going to execute it better, just make her a lesbian.
1: Maybe. I, I don't know. I, I, I will say this. I, I, I like the fact that they just don't. They tried to at least come at it from the standpoint that the reason why she is so grumpy with her parents and her surroundings, et cetera, is she hasn't figured this out yet. And and I've I, I've seen that. Right. So and
2: I, I, I get it. Yes, I agree with you 100 percent. I just think it needed to be handled a little bit more. And I don't know. Maybe not for the Power Rangers movie. Like Oh, I agree. Um, it's it doesn't
1: make sense the Power Rangers. I mean, at the end of the day, because they say she's trying to figure it out and you only get this one scene with her parents and then a couple of sentences from her. Because at the end of the at the end of the day, these descriptions I read are pretty much descriptions that they tell each other around the campfire. That's it. That that's yeah, there's, as deep there's, as the characters yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: The campfire scene is the one of the most painful expository (laughs) scenes I've ever seen in my entire life. It's like, we've done a really bad job up to now explaining who we are as characters. So now we have to spend 10 minutes going around a campfire, sharing some stories to let the audience knows here, who here's who we are as characters, because the movie's done a shitty job up (laughs) until now of explaining this to you,
1: even though we've spent 45 minutes trying. I agree. You get exposition from them around the campfire. You get one scene showing their home life and again, that's what highlights why the script, I think, is the problem. Because at the end of the day, you go, well, these are your heroes, and they're supposed to be coming from a place where they made mistakes, and there's a redemptive arc to it. At the end of the day, it's like, well, they got cool suits, but they're still jerks. Because, you know, um, I'm trying, I'm really trying to give the benefit of the doubt that we're not going to have a three hour epic where I have to see every backstory. But what they give me for those elements. Isn't enough for me to kind of get past the fact that, yeah, you got some stuff going on, but you're still kind of an ass. And just because you got a cool suit and a cool dinosaur robot does not make me like you anymore. So I, I just, I wanted, I wanted more likable characters. Yeah. I wanted things
2: to be less complicated, even like just down to the design of stuff, man. Like everything is so complicated. Like the suits are like, what are we doing? Like, just make things simple. Give me a dinosaur that transforms and makes a leg of a bigger robot. Like, it's not that hard.
3: Honestly, give me half of that budget and I could go make a better Power Rangers film. No questions asked. Well, they, they did in, what, 95? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they exactly. made
1: two. Turbo is better than this one. I've never seen that one. Power I Rangers know Turbo is
2: yeah, better than this one, I think.
1: So. Okay. Okay. No, I just, I, I, I agree. I, I like the last 30. I, I can't, I can't knock the 30 minutes because I get what I wanted out of the Power Rangers, which was some face kicking and some robot punching. Um, I, I do like the fact when they all get together and then they start and they fall on their face. I'm like, okay, that's, that's pretty good. That's, I didn't like laugh out loud, but I'm like, that makes sense, right?
2: Yeah, saw it in Pacific
1: Rim though. So Yeah, but I enjoy that aspect of it. And, um, but man, everything leading up to that, it, Ah, Sound like a broken record. It's problematic, right? Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme. (laughs) I wonder how much. So I'm wondering if, in fact, it actually was a financial success, because I know when this came out on the home video market, it was number one. It did really well. They got to they had to have made some money from Krispy Kreme. I mean, Krispy Kreme probably gave them 40 million because I think they say (laughs) Krispy Kreme every 15 minutes. Um, It had to be a financially successful Venture at you know at the end of the day had to be. regardless of reading some
2: of the history on this, and, and Max Landis did a pass on this. Yeah. Boy, we dodged a bullet there. and <laughs> in his like the Pink Ranger, Jason was going to be the Pink Ranger or something like. Just I don't know. Yeah. Max Landis is still living off of his father's good name, but whatever.
1: Yeah, uh, I I don't know. It, this was hard for me to even take notes on. I think for the biggest. The biggest thing I was trying to figure out is, you know, what made it go from just a passable, enjoyable afternoon with my son, didn't hate on it or anything. And then my second viewing going, man, I like that last 30 minutes, but that first hour and a half, um, it, it was rough to get through.
2: I wonder. So again, Haim Saban is worth ungodly amounts of money. I mean, I'm sure he threw some money at this thing as well as an investment, but I don't know. He can do something with what he will with this because I think he bought the rights back again or something.
1: I don't, think he, I think he sold it all to uh, Hasbro all again for five hundred twenty-two yeah. million or something like that.
2: And they're going to reboot it again. Yeah, but I'm sure he has to be you know brought on as an executive producer or something if they do so. You know how they have some of that where you're like, no, but if you if you make a movie, I've got to be. I don't know, man. This movie's just not good. I was thinking about it because Hellboy is kind of in the same lines as this, right? We got two Hellboy movies and then a completely different movie reboot. I think I like that Hellboy movie better than this.
1: Oh no, no, no I hated no, that. Movie. No, 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 nope, no, no. That's now you're you you took your crazy pills <laughs> yeah. and something's wrong. Troy,
2: with you. I think I do. I, I hated. I I, I kind of hated this movie, Troy. <laughs> I think you're
1: sick in the head if you say that, man.
2: <laughs> Hellboy, Hellboy, 2019 is a hundred times funnier than than Power Rangers, a hundred times.
1: It's uh, not I, even close. Uh, okay, it has more comedy, but Mila, I mean, no, absolutely not. Uh uh-uh. uh Okay. No, sir. No. And okay. an Ethiopian Hellboy? No, thank you. <laughs> no, I would. I. This is a million times better than that Hellboy. But, I. Hey, look. i Two thousand eight. Two thousand and eight for me. Um, a great year. We get Iron Man, you get the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But to me, it's also <laughs> the death of cinema. Um, because I think the Marvel cinematic formula The chasing the franchise, yeah. And chasing the franchise. And it's you can't totally pin it on that because how many franchises we had. Go back to the Abbott and Costello Meet the Monsters or the Universal Monsters. It's always been around. Don't get me wrong. I think the problem is though. When universal was doing its monster thing that wasn't the only thing they were doing i mean the only thing disney is pumping out if you look at the ratio is you get maybe an original pixar film but then everything else is franchise right and every major studio is putting all of their money in the franchise versus the original stuff i mean Lionsgate needed a franchise starter they were really going after power rangers and the the worst thing that makes me cringe is anytime i read about a movie coming out and they're like yeah we signed the cast up for four more movies or it's a seven picture deal. I'm like, well, more than likely they're not going to start where they should from a story perspective. And and again, I go back to that Campbell um, example when he's writing who goes there. He knew chop the first three chapters off and, and start here. And you got a good story. We, we need more of those kind of executive decisions in Hollywood. And I, I think this would have been pretty good then if they had started. Yeah,
2: and not every movie has to be a two hour movie. Give me a 90 minute movie.
3: Oh yeah, and there's plenty of source material to, to choose from here. So, you know that they could have very easily started halfway through with that, with the intent of we've got all of these. You know, again, if this first one was done right, the other ones then could have built on that, but it wasn't. So here we are. Yeah, I agree. Well, and the only thing I can say is watch Super
1: Inframan. It's infinitely times better Um, and that's
2: the original series that original series is really good uh okay (laughs) yeah i mean i I watched like the first probably four or five seasons religiously after that i was pretty much done but i watched first.
1: i did watch the first episode it was uh interesting to go back but after watching that first episode i'm like man i gotta show my kids super information because i haven't shown them that yet um and that'll change your life. So I, I haven't been parenting correctly, I guess. <laughs> Failure. I agree. Well, any any other thoughts on this one?
3: No, that covers it. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I'm going to start with you, Brett. We always ask the question. It's kind of a thumbs up, thumbs down. You know this. Uh, we just got done talking about 2017's Power Rangers. Uh, is it a bomb? Definite bomb. Definite bomb. Okay. Brad, what about you, man? 100% a bomb. 100% and you're still sticking by that you'd watch Hellboy over this thing. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> okay.
2: I'm trying to think this is probably in my we've done now 101. This is probably in my top 10 least favorite films we've done.
1: Yeah, I got to think about that. I didn't I I didn't hate this thing. It's it's I don't know, it's it's a film that when you watch it and you go there's a big chunk of it that I don't think is all that great because of the script, but there's stuff I like about it. I can't say I hated watching this film. I can just say I had a diminishing return on my second view versus the first time I saw it. But I don't think it's terrible. Um, I'd probably put it in that it's really uninteresting what they're doing with this and the fun doesn't happen until the last 30 minutes. That That's its biggest problem. But I I still, and enjoyed this 10 times over the uh, Hellboy thing okay there's just some movies I, I I'm sure you guys have a list of them some movies you come across and you go there it has a lot of great elements but there's something that just is so terrible about it and you go I I just can't get over it um and as bad as Billy is in here he does not reach the heights <laughs> of Mila in in Hellboy I mean and he Billy's bad and like I said I I got excited when he died. Um, damn Billy. Yeah. But, uh, want a G baby on <laughs> Billy, but you know, um, ah, hell boy. Whew, that was terrible.
3: <laughs>
1: well, Brad, I don't know what we're doing next week. I actually thought we were doing something, but then we might do something different. So instead of talking about what we're going to do next week, we're just going to leave it up in the air. Cause it's going to be a surprise. Ooh.
2: Okay. Because we're going to be exciting. in
1: person next week. We are. Yeah.
2: Flying out there in four days uh, as of recording.
1: Yeah, so that should be an interesting experience, Brett. You got to get out here um, soon.
3: Bring the family. I I'd love know. to as soon as as soon as I can travel with this dude. It's uh, I don't know why, but being on a we're driving to the beach here at the end of the month, and driving sounds so much less intimidating to me than because you don't want to be a,
2: that person on an airplane, with I'd the crying baby, be,
3: being trapped in a box. 40,000 feet in the air with, with this little dude that that movie would be 50 times more entertaining than power. Rangers. <laughs> well, yeah. prize i I'm playing for two hours,
2: better yeah. movie than power Rangers.
1: Yep. <laughs> Correct. That's true. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm not going to At go least that's that
2: real emotion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Well, uh, Brad, if anybody wants to share their power Rangers, nostalgia stories, or tell us what they think about this, I'm really curious if, if anybody walked out of this. Dude, I put it out on Twitter times.
2: and people, we got a few comments. They're like, yeah, it's, I liked it. I didn't like the suits or whatever, but I liked it. I'm like, oh my God, okay. Hey, I,
1: I this is there. one of those where I wouldn't scratch my head on it because I, I think under the right circumstances with the right people. Again, I would go back to it if, if you're sort of um, not solely invested in, in the mythology or the Wait, early did series. You,
2: did you say was it was a bomb or not? Did I did
1: I? Oh, I guess I didn't. Um yeah. I'll say it's a bomb. Okay. Yeah. That's I, the right answer. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I I but I don't I don't hate it. I don't think it's terrible. I think it's misguided. So um okay. I, I I don't know. Maybe maybe watching it again. I'll say this, there there are some elements on it with the uh soundtrack, the I think it's Atmos and in the 4K on it. It's got some demo quality to it. If you want to get your home theater going, which is kind of mm. surprising, but just, then
2: you have to listen to those kids talk and that's just not what you want. Well,
1: I'm telling the you, fart
3: techno. it's the yeah. fart techno <laughs> and,
1: uh, <laughs> Billy that really just, if, if you got rid of the fart techno and Billy and I, and so Elizabeth banks just did what she did. I might just put this in the, not a bomb category, but it's the fart techno wow. and Billy drag it down for me.
2: Uh, yeah. So that's uh, not a bomb pod at gmail.com hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can go to our website, not a bomb and uh, hit the contact us button and you can leave us our, your feedback or suggestions there. Our list is ever growing all the time, Troy. So whatever we do next week, you have a lot to pick from.
1: Yes. We've got a couple of films that we're still doing for this month and then in june we're we're going to kick the summer off with superhero films like superhero movies that bombed so that's going to be a super interesting let's see what i did there superhero super yeah, interesting yeah good job good cool. job uh and best i apologize yeah i apologize to everybody i know my voice is a, a little i i was at a seven dust concert on friday so you know i was in the i was headbanging and screaming like crazy so <laughs> I didn't even think about podcasting a few days ago. No,
2: later. didn't even think about us. I fine. didn't.
1: I didn't. Um, and you know, I, I gotta say, Seven Dust even they they played the animosity album twenty-one years later. They're still amazing. Uh, plush open for them. They're awesome, a newer up and coming band. So there you go.
2: Apparently not an SCP cover band, I guess. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know where you came. Just
2: <laughs> plush is the name of a <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I know. And all good things. They were there too. I like them. Um, but hey. Thanks for for listening, Brad. Are we missing anything else? What uh, should we plug some of the shows out there? VHS Files Podcast, Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema, uh Mixtape Podcast, Night of the Living Podcast. Who else are we missing? Yeah. Oh, uh, Iron Sequel. Yes. There's of a great, I just listened to a great episode James did with uh, Exorcist 2, the Heretic. It's a lot of fun. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Go listen to that one. Mm-hmm. And uh, VHS Files Podcast did um, a whole podcast plus video going through their top four guns, right? Movie mm-hmm. guns. Full they did dis- not pick t- <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did full not pick disclaimer. They they didn- lost his <laughs> goddamn mind. I did, and I, I gave some feedback. So if you're going to have a, an episode and go, here are our top movie Top Guns or whatever, and you don't pick Tom Cruise, who starred in a movie called Top Gun, as your top yeah. gun of your Top Gun list, there's a problem there, but I did like that. I, I was a little disappointed that the, uh, Clint Eastwood 44 Magnum made honorable mention and not on somebody's like top four. I mean, that's, that's one of the most iconic movie guns out there. It has the movie lines and everything else, but go listen to it and go watch it. It's on YouTube too. You can see, um, the guys as well and it's uh, super entertaining.
2: Yeah, I guess the F-14 does have guns on it, so technically you could have picked the F-14 in Top Gun, right? Well, it's, the F-14. No, 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 no. It's oh. not
1: about the plane. It's about the <laughs> pilot who's the Top Gun. Okay. Tom Cruise. Which man, I can't, I cannot tell you. Maverick is my most anticipated film this year. I'm just it's telling like you right It's like two now. weeks away, right? Oh my God, yeah. Every day I watch that trailer again and again. So excited. <laughs> uh, Brett, I, again, thank you so much. I know you're super busy with the new baby and everything. Thank you for taking um, time out of your busy baby schedule and talking with us. I love it. Thanks for having me on. It's. I we'll have it's, to shoot
2: some ball again, man. I'm still a little disappointed. Uh,
3: yeah, Brad conveniently a shot left a out little... the fact that I I beat him in a, a tightly contested horse game recently. Yeah. We
2: both beat Charlie, so you know that's that's all that really matters. So
3: that's that's very true.
1: Um, wow, did you? Yeah. Did you get any film of this, or is it just straight? No,
3: no, no cameras thank, allowed. Thankfully, there was no, because no uh, yeah, it wasn't. Let's just say it. It, it took longer than probably <laughs> yeah, yeah, Yes, yes. <laughs> I think we were on E for thirty minutes. We missed, we missed the the birthday candles and the the gifts. But you know, once you start a horse game, you you can't. You gotta, you gotta play it out. But I love it. I, I love listening. Love being on the show, guys. This is. It's always fun, even when we talk about um, whatever this whatever this movie was. <laughs> hey,
2: and you haven't been on since, but R.I.P. Meatloaf, I guess, right?
3: Oh, awful, awful. Did you take
2: off
1: work that day?
3: No, I was I was in the middle of work when I got the text, and I I'm pretty sure I just rode a motorcycle <laughs> off into the street of fire. Uh yeah, it, that was a terrible day, man.
1: I thought of you immediately (laughs) when I saw that. I'm like,
3: (laughs) should should we send somebody to Brett's house because I think it's going to be touch and go for the next few days. No, I did listen to that when when you texted me that. In fact, on my Spotify, I turned on the Bad Out of Hell musical. It's God, that's great. Yeah, I hope that I I don't know if they won't ever revive that, but if they do, front row, Louisville Theater here. Absolutely, I agree. Mm. Uh, What else,
1: Brad? Is that it? We're good we are good i will i will see you in person shortly Choi. awesome i cannot wait uh folks i don't know if you're listening in the morning the afternoon or evening thank you for listening to this episode even though we didn't really pick an exciting film to kind of gush over but hey a lot of people like this movie so just you know don't take our word for it um and it didn't score a negative four on the question christian website so it's got that going for it too so back going to hell if you watch it But uh, join us next time when we will or should have a recording over a movie that bombed. Uh, We just don't know which one it is. And hopefully we record in person. We might actually have a few guests on that one, too. So lots of surprises. I'm kind of looking forward to it if we can put it together. But uh, I, I think that's it. We'll catch you next week. Don't lose your head.